thank you, Brother Marco, and uh, thank you, Brother Johan, for the opportunity, and everybody on this call for creating the space and time. Um, next slide. So um, my story is just a little about, I think it's a story of irony. It's um, one of unlearning and a path of what I call rebirth and return. Um, you know, I think uh, according to many, unlike most of you guys who've been born here in the United States, uh, my sister and I, Christine, moved to the States when I, when I was 14. And um, according to, I think most folks, you know, I probably have much to feel very proud of. Uh, since coming here, you know, I've had a taste of that prosperity and success that people would, the immigrants normally would call the American dream. Uh, shortly after I graduated uh, USC, I spent 14 years climbing that proverbial ladder. And, uh, you know, for, for that time, for half of that time, I was a corporate executive at a Fortune 50 company at the height of my career. Um, I uh, was a general manager of a $2 billion pre-IPO company with a sizable equity. Um, that being said, I had one very big problem, which is at the age of 36, I had pretty much checked off, you know, everything on my 10-year life plan, but I wasn't fulfilled. Um, I wasn't joyous. I wasn't um, many of the higher level emotions. And so in the finally in the fall of last year, uh, I decided to resign. I tuned into my inner voice and I took a leap of faith and decided that um, I was best to follow the inner voice. Um, and so the theme of letting us not forget, I wanted to use this opportunity to share with you when, when I remember the year when dot, dot, dot. These were now I've come to embrace them as old beliefs, inaccurate beliefs, and that every belief, there is a lie. So if you spell it out the word belief, you'll see that there is a lie in there somewhere. And so wanted to share what I've accumulated since a year since embarking on the soul's um, journey and how Master Chenyan's Dharma has really helped me ascertain some of that truth on this path, hopefully inspiring you to walk in your soul-seated journey. Next slide. So... Interesting thing, um, I love this slide because that was sort of like what I thought I had to be um, in the past, you know, growing up in Taiwan and then, you know, Southeast Asia and then coming over to the United States. I think irrelevant of any of the cultures that we experience, you know, we are affected by it in two ways, at least in my experience. Number one, I think we're taught that success by definition is, you know, is wealth and power and status and influence. Um, and the other thing is that we were programmed to associate that success with our identity. And so for me, I somehow unconsciously started to associate that my success is a measure of my self-worth. And so this justification for existence um, was troubling because in combination to this cultural belief and my uh, fear of disappointing my parents for letting us come to the United States so early and sacrificing <laughs> their lives so that we can seek education. That sort of needing to seek external, external validation really became the source of motivation that drove every facet of my life. Um, and um, I sort of laugh looking at my 10-year plan, which is in the next slide, but I, I want to share that the next slide, which is um, 
success for me, as I've learned, is nothing to do with the accumulation of wealth, power, status, or influence. In fact, the standard of success is absolutely the amount of joy that you feel in it. Um, one of the big lessons that I've had to learn is that none of us are broken, that we're not here to be fixed. There's nothing to be healed. Um, you know, once we have learned to shed the layers, so my journey this past year has really about shedding what no longer serves me, what isn't truly mine. And the moment that I started to shed that and really allow the truth of my core to emerge, a miraculous thing happened, which is I started to feel true contentment with myself and everything that exists around me. I wasn't trying to change things any longer. I started to understand that everything exists for a reason, that nothing is coincidental, everything is meaningful. I started to value myself and the essence of my very being started to nourish me, including my desire, which became nothing. So my success in the sense had changed through time because instead of needing validation from the external, I found that I really needed to prove nothing. And so very much so from my experience is, um, you know, that, that success is really the amount of joy that you feel with yourself. Next slide. I also had a, a bit of a challenge because I, you know, for some of the women out there who might be into astrology, um, I'm a big Virgo fan. And so I'm, I'm a Virgo, I'm a type A perfectionist. So that was my other challenge that I had. So if you looked at this slide and it resonated with you, you're probably like me. Um, you know, that sort of looked like every, how I approach everything in life. Um, <laughs> that was my 10 year plan. Um, so as you can imagine, you know, my, my life was uh, interesting in that I faced a lot of uphill resistance, but I thought that that was how it was, right? We were taught in society that, you know, no pain, no gain, you, you know, you must set goals and, you know, as a first step to turning the invisible into the visible, or we learn, you know, he who fails to plan is planning without, you know, to fail. So a lot of this indoctrination, so very much I started to learn that, you know, earlier on that I needed to set goals. I needed to plan and that if success was going to happen, it required willpower. But one thing I've learned is, um, next slide, is instead of setting goals, we set intentions. It's intentions, not goals, that creates the world you're living in from the highest place of your being. You see, the challenge with goals is that goals sets us up for the probability of, of failure, much more so than intentions. Um, there is sort of a perfection to life uh, that exists beyond our understanding. Even if we just like take a look at the universe itself, um, it's been existed for 13.8 billion years. There is a process that determines that flow that exists before we were born, and I'm sure it will be there when we are not here any longer. And, um, and we are not responsible in the tiniest fraction of what is manifesting in front of us yet, you know, at all time. And yet um, myself, you know, I'm always trying to control every variable in life to which I have no control of. And so what I started to learn is the intention, which is really how we show up in life. It's how we um, put effort into the present moment of what we want to do. So in another way, you can consider intention as a positive and concentrated focus. 
that becomes the most powerful tool that steel that steers is like driving that steers the wheel of your life because that concentrated thought of focus thought is a correlation um, between what you're thinking and actually what's manifesting out in your life so a great example of this you know if you see somebody who's angry um, we don't have to guess where exactly that person's going to be headed next which is probably screaming um, and so what I started to learn from my experience is that every sincere intention that we have creates this beautiful echo chamber uh, in, our, in our universe. And so it sends a signal to the world around us to really meet us with where we are. And so when our mindful awareness is on positive tensions, we create that capacity for the universe to bring that into our lives. And Talking about control, the only two things we can control at the moment is our breath and the intention from our heart. So I learned not to set goals and instead of setting intentions, which is how I show up every day in life. <laughs> and the next thing, if we go into the next slide, talking about flow and the universe and how this, I also laughed at this slide because I started to realize that sort of how I if there was an archetype for how I lived my life, this is probably it. Um, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard this phrase, no pain, no gain, or um, the struggle we're in today is developing the strength of tomorrow. Um, and so somehow along the way, I started to think that the best moments that we live in our life are not the passive relaxing ones. And that usually, you know, beautiful moments occur when our body or mind is stretched in its limit to accomplish something difficult. And so I walked around life with this hammer, you know, determined to create flow. Like, you know, if the light wasn't going to be green, I was going to make it green. <laughs> um, it was a very silly way of approaching. So you can imagine my life was constantly full of fear, anxiety, a lot of resistance. I wasn't creating resonance. I wasn't creating resonance. I was creating resistance. But really, next slide, I've learned that flow, simply put, is following love over will. There's nothing to do with will. And power, gaining extraordinary power, is applying the will behind that love. And so that love is really simple. It, it, it stretches the spectrum of the love of the things that we find true joy and contentment, not from the mind, that to please the mind, but the ones that come from, you know, innate sense of joy, whether it's curiosity or even great love, as many of you guys have spoken of, is when we apply to love, flow occurs. Because at that moment, we start to honor the essence of, my, of our being. And so, one thing I started to realize is when I honor love in terms of myself, I no longer need it to puff up or I don't need to shrink down. I can confidently stand in my own truth. That married with intention, we start to create heart resonance. And everything else in life just sort of flows miraculously. Um, um, I don't have enough time to go into examples of how flow has occurred, but I will just share that this year has been characterized by many magical and mystical experiences that I personally can't even explain um, myself. <laughs> and so to share 
flow is really following love over will. And the next slide. Um, <laughs> I love this one because I, that was also sometimes me, which is the pining and the desire to fulfill something. Um, you know, one thing that we're all subjective to is in this culture, you know, from very, very young, we didn't really have a time to think for ourselves. You know, we were taught, you know, what is good, what is bad, what is right, what is wrong. Um, you know, in the society, we always see, you know, the, the definition of success, you know, we're, you know, shown things that we need to buy more things or consume more, even though we don't need to. So when we aggregate all of this stuff together, we start to unwittingly start to associate the fulfillment in life is getting what we want, right? It is, is, you know, we have a desire and when we get that, we're fulfilled. Um, that's very problematic in that, you know, we become victims of circumstance because we're taught that we're only human, you know, result of um, genetics in our environment. So if we don't like our parents, we don't like our environment, or we don't like the way we were born and raised, you know, we, we have not much to control. So we ended up, you know, trying to acquire many different things that we want. But really, for me, that posed a very big problem because at 36, I had checked off all that list. I had used every willpower in, you know, in, in my toolbox to wheel all of that stuff, but I still wasn't happy. And I started to learn that fulfillment is less to do with getting what we want, but instead, next slide, fulfillment is the ability to manifest our spiritual essence with consistency at the personality level. So we all know we study Buddhism here that you know, we all have a soul and within our soul with many reincarnations of our past lives carries the essence of our true nature, which is Buddhahood. Um, personality, which is our tendencies that we experience, which manifests our behavior, sometimes can be incongruent. And so our ability to manifest that spiritual essence at the personality level on a regular basis is the most fulfilling joy that I have yet to experience because when I show up every day being who I am, um, I'm essentially manifesting the essential part of nature. Um, I'm being congruent with all of me between my, my mind, my soul, my emotions, all of those are centered. Um, and that becomes the instrument to which we play our life. Um, and if you click once more, Marco, for me, please. The practice of attunement, which I've started to realize, attuning is really aligning our conscious mind with our pure essence, um, is what Master Chen Yin talks about in spiritual cultivation, which I've, I've connected it really to attunement because you know, like Master Chen Yen said, it's really not where we are that is the spiritual training ground is that moment to moment. It's that self-vigilant moment when we catch ourselves doing something that isn't aligned to our nature and that correction. And the moment we correct that, that is the biggest fulfillment um, that we can be. So I'm just sensitive time. Okay, we're gonna go to next one. Hopefully I can get through that real quickly. Um, so 
one thing I'll share about myself too is, um, you know, I always grew up very timid. I, I was that kid who was always hiding behind my mother, not speaking up. Um, I was very studious and I thought that, um, you know, chance for fair is the, uh, favors the prepared mind. You know, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. So I was always afraid that I, was, I wasn't going to get in another opportunity. I had, I struggled a lot with unworthiness and struggled with self-esteem in the past. And so, as you can imagine, if I had a great opportunity, I wasn't going to let that one go. And, and so I stayed in the last role I had for quite a bit of time. Um, even though many times there were opportunities that came, I was, I was afraid of letting this one go. And, um, and when I finally did, when I resigned, my resignation was really more of a, an act of self-love because at that point, my, my will had caused many um, health issues for me, many stress-induced health illnesses. And so I started to learn a beautiful thing, which is next slide. Unlike what we've been taught, which is that chance is presented to those who are prepared, I believe that opportunities are seeds of possibilities planted by those who create selflessly. That we have the ability to change our fate, that we can create our, our destiny and therefore our opportunities by giving selflessly. Miraculously, ever since I quit, the moment I decided this path was no longer for me, this egoic construct of pursuing more and more wasn't for me, I started getting more and more um, <laughs> like job offers. At one point, I even got a job offer from a company for a C-level position that was 10x the size of my last company. Um, interesting enough, at that point, I, I, that wasn't interest to me anymore, so I forego that. But what I started to realize was that, you know, opportunities actually come when we plant our seeds. And so this comes back to the teaching of Master Chen Yan, which is that, you know, we're able to sow um, and harvest good um, karma and fortune when we can give um, selflessly and when we can plant good karmic seeds. And so the last um, but not least, just to conclude, um, you know, the path of um, returning to essence for me really has been um, learning that, you know, every moment, every experience and interaction we have with everybody is unfolding in absolute perfection. You know, there's nothing that we need to change about us, ourselves, in terms of our pure nature, because that is the most beautiful and you know, it also taught me that, you know, in the process of this last year, finding myself has less to do about learning and more about shedding. It's a process of letting go cultural norms, other people's opinions, my limiting beliefs on myself, and um, letting go of roles that really confined me. I had to be this or I had to be that. Um, and more about a process of remembering, remembering who we are, you know, where we're from and what we're here to do. Um, so for me, life has really been an excavation. <laughs> it's a process of unlearning. And so 
um, I hope that, you know, my journey in taking the soul-seated path inspire you to take your own um, using what I like to call my four navigation tools, which is surrender, trust, faith, and flow um, as the navigation system uh, for your life and using intention as a steering wheel to guide your forward progress. Thank you very much.